I'd like to welcome everyone to the Florence Weinberg Show. Frank McKay here. So much more importantly, the author of 15 wonderful books and counting uh, the subject of a documentary. And, uh, of course, a show host here. And she was the subject of a radio series not long before this show started. And you can hear us on 124 different outlets and counting and more to come. But Florence Weinberg, how are you? I'm quite well. Thank you very much. And uh, I think uh, you sound well, too, Frank. Well, thank you. And uh, listen, it's uh, it, we're in interesting times and we're 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 certainly uh, open for interesting thoughts in these times. And we were just talking a little bit off mic. And, and you brought up a name that, you know, that doesn't get brought up as much as he should because he's highly intelligent, and that's George Will. Uh, maybe you could share with the audience the, the, the thought that, uh, that you had and uh, that George Will had um, differently, of course, uh, than, uh, than what we were just talking about there. But uh, maybe you could share what you were talking about off mic with them. Absolutely. Yeah, George Will wrote an editorial entitled Equity Over Equality Reveals Nation's Moral Regression. And he makes a case which I think is a very good case, although controversial, naturally. Yeah. Uh, George Will uh, has been uh, a favorite right-wing author of, of mine for years, since the Nixon administration, in fact. And I even subscribed to the National Review, uh, partly because I've discovered George Will and uh, his editorials in the National Review in order to keep track of what intelligent people on the right were saying. Uh, and so this is a good example. Uh, George is still just as sharp as ever. Uh, and I will give his argument first and then ask the question, is he right? Mm. <laughs> uh, he begins by evoking a book that just came out by uh, Peter, Peter Canello is the author's name, C-A-N-E-L-L-O. And the title of the book is The Great Dissenter. And it's about John Marshall Harlan, who uh, was a Supreme Court justice in the 19th century. He was born in 1833, which is exactly 100 years before I was born in 1933. And John Marshall Harlan was the dissenter on the Supreme Court to the legislation probably around the 1860s, no, it was 1896, mm. 1896. A case was brought before the court uh, entitled um, Plessy versus Ferguson. And the argument in that was that the former slaves were having a difficult time and the former owners were also having a difficult time trying to integrate or or prevent the integration of these former slaves and so they set up a system called separate but equal in public facilities and public legis and uh, state and national legislation which opened up the Jim, Jim Crow era mm. 
separate but equal was, uh, of course, equal in the number of institutions, for instance, schools, uh, voting, and so on. Um, but the personnel in the schools uh, and the funding was anything but equal. Everything uh, was second class or third or fourth class. At least. Uh, in, in the black part of this equation. And John, uh, John Marshall Harlan dissented, saying that our Constitution is colorblind. The law regards man as man and takes no account of his surroundings or his color when his civil rights, as guaranteed by the supreme law of the land, are involved. Quote, unquote. Wow, what a, what a forward thinker for back then. Right. It's unbelievable. Indeed, yeah. I mean, he's, he could have written that yesterday or today. Yeah. Uh, and Harlan uh, had a half-brother, the same father, who was a former slave owner, and a, a former slave uh, uh, mother. And uh, his name was, I think, Robert Harlan. Hmm. Let me just check. Uh, I'm not going to find it easily. Um, we can come back. You, not, you keep yes, going. It is Robert. Yeah. It is okay. Robert Harlan. Okay. Um, and uh, Robert Harlan became one of the most prominent black uh, uh, figures in the 19th century. And I think John, who was the uh, jurist, understood that black people have the potential, uh, the, the same t potential uh, as white people do. We are all humans together. And now we know that our DNA differs uh, by 0. 0.0001 yeah. <laughs> digit from, uh, from each other, the color being the only one, really. Intelligence, equal. Uh, so uh, that's one reason why John Harlan was, uh, was such a liberal thinker uh, in 1896. Hmm. That so, makes, yeah. uh, what to get back to George Will now, George Will says that the progressive faction in the Democratic Party is uh, talking of equity, not equality. And what, what uh, Biden is doing and his administration is singling out poor people, and particularly poor people who are also black in order to help out. And so uh, funding is going to black restaurants in uh, preference over white restaurants who are in difficulty and so forth. So uh, this pre preferential treatment of the poor has already been noticed by Governor Abbott, for instance. Yeah, I, I can't imagine he loves that. <laughs> right. Who has cut off uh, receiving federal help for a, a child, uh, uh, child maintenance, for instance, that uh, the federal government was busy sending 300 and something dollars per, per child, and now that's going to be over, I think it is over, at, at the end of July, whereas it's going on in the rest of the country. 
But we can't have Texans beholden to the Democratic government, for heaven's sake, <laughs> because it's going to become, and this is George Will's argument, when this sort of thing is done, it puts the recipient in the position, in an inferior position, the position, a parasitic position, and the, uh, and it will become a habit and will be expected to continue as a uh, as a privilege and um, an entitlement. That's the word I'm looking for, mm. as an entitlement, and will guarantee the perpetuation of the inferiority of the people who receive government help. And therefore, this is moral regression in, uh, in George Will's mind. We're treating poor people, especially black people, as inferiors who need our help. And if we go on forever with this, of course, we have reinst- reinstated Jim Crow. Wow. Uh, just interesting. Now, my- interesting point. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. Well, I think it's it's probably true. Yeah. To go back to uh, Governor Abbott is uh, uh, he decried uh, help during during COVID that uh, people under a certain uh, monthly income were receiving f- uh, financial help from the, the government, and he decried that, uh, saying that of course these slobs, these poor slobs, oh. uh, are not coming back to work. Because they're getting this government help, and it's uh, turning uh, turning them into parasites. And uh, uh, so the question is, is George right? Is Governor Abbott right? Hmm. Well, so what do you think, Frank? Well, I, I mean, George will. Uh, it, it's always hard to second-guess him, and I always think, you know, he thinks with his head, but at the, uh, at the same time, uh, he's he's the most reasonable conservative that uh, that you could ever come across, and especially these these times. Governor Abbott is someone who is uh, uh, you know who is is placating the right. I mean, he's yeah. you know he's running for office and he's placating the right. So even if you're looking at this, if you came here from another planet and you were watching the scenario, I you know the the tendency and again i'm biased you know maybe i'm a big fan of george will um but it's the logic says that george will is uh is right Uh, governor abbott is uh um is you know it's red meat for somebody like uh, like him and he's he's throwing red meat out to his folks and he doesn't care about anything uh he doesn't care anything about getting votes uh, on the left because he's not getting them. So he just wants to s- shore up his base, and by doing what he's doing, he's not he's not losing a single vote by saying that. George Will's not trying to get votes. He's not trying to get elected. He's trying to get get a point across. So, uh, you know, I'm, I'm with Will on this one. Mm-hmm. Yes, uh, I, I agree that if this continues, uh, then the people who are receiving special treatment such as black restaurants over white ones i think that's that's not good no. <laughs> i think all all uh, restaurants that are in trouble should be should be getting equal help if they're going to get help from the government yeah with no no uh, question if, if i could just jump in uh, he's also by uh, by doing this 
by by uh, continuing this practice uh you're also setting up the divide um yeah. where uh, where the yeah. white businesses are going to are going to play into the red meat and uh, you know you you can't really make a good argument of why why african americans would get preferential treatment when uh, when they are equal uh they're equal mm-hmm. to the white right. uh, business folks so you're setting up a uh, a divide and and uh, and really fueling the fire yeah, uh, I would need to investigate just how how different the treatment is uh, between the white restaurants and the black ones, uh, the white-owned and black-owned, right. and whether it, it whether this is a true statement, I don't know. Uh, it seems to me pretty glaring that uh, that it shouldn't be that it it shouldn't be that different, um, but. In any case, if it is, then it's a, it's a bad decision. And w- whether it's Biden's decision or someone down the line, I don't know that either. Probably a bur- bureaucrat down the line, uh, but it should be corrected. Uh, because as uh, as uh, uh, as uh, I, pr- I previously said, um, John Marshall Harlan Harlan. Um, understood that treating blacks as a special group is uh, is harmful. It put, puts them in an inferior position automatically. So if you're helping them, you're, you think you're helping them, you're actually not. You're hurting them. And uh, George, George makes a good point. But on the other hand, we are morally obliged to help the poor, I think, especially right now. When the, uh, the businesses that were surviving by a thread before COVID are now really in uh, danger of going out of business, many already have. So th- uh, there's help needed, and yet we uh, we have to walk a thin line between uh, making a, a special class of parasites out of the people who need help. Yeah. Let me ask you a question about. Uh, Robert Holland and his brother, uh, John Marshall Holland. Uh, yeah. Now, uh, Robert Holland was uh, w- was half uh, African American, right? He was half black, and yes, uh, that's uh, right. And of course, uh, as we count blackness, you can have uh, one eighth blackness and still one eighth black uh, uh, ancestry and still be called black. Uh, yeah. So uh, this is not true of any other uh, uh, heredity on Earth. Only the black uh, heredity, and that's that's because of the uh, of slavery. We were making slaves of people who had only one eighth black blood in their veins. Wow. Um, so, uh, what was the original point? Well, the, the the point is uh, John Marshall Holland. He was the he was the yeah, son. Yeah, he was half and half. Yeah. Oh, oh, John Marshall was too. No, no, no. I'm yeah, sorry, Robert. Robert. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. John Marshall was was uh, white, you know, fully white, right? And That's correct. Right. So his father was, and and I'm just, I I don't have any information, so you got to pardon my my uh, ignorance on this, but his father was a slave owner, and his yes, his father may, uh, you know, uh, Robert Holland may have been the product of the slave owners 
you know, I mean, um, <laughs> rape basically of of uh, of Robert's mother, uh, who would have been a slave. We assume you can make that That's assumption, right. and you know, and on on top of it, I mean, John Marshall Holland, like I said, uh, he's you know very progressive for that time, uh, 18, uh, 1896. It's uh, you know, it's a pretty. Uh, it's a pretty amazing statement, but if your brother, if if you're growing up with a brother who's half black, I, I mean, uh, what a perfect person at that point to have in uh, the Supreme Court and, uh, you know, to make uh, a decision, uh, you know, judging from uh, from his standpoint of of how mm-hmm. his brothers were equal. So it's in, in a sense, you want to <laughs> you want to applaud the father. Um, for raising both of them, um, uh, you know, together, and we assume equal, but he, he was a slave owner. You know, I mean, let's put it in perspective. That's a, but it's a very, was a very tricky uh, situation there of of how to look at Holland the father. Um, yeah. a, you know, as and we know, you know, with the little bit of information we have right here, but it's fascinating. Uh, you know, that that's a book. Uh, worth getting and uh, and and worth looking further into, but fascinating. Great point on this. Yes, and I want to repeat the name of the author of the book about John Marshall Harlan. His name is Peter Canello, C A N E L O, the Great Dissenter. Uh, so. Anyone who who wants to know more about this heroic individual uh, uh, can get that book, and I I think I may add it to my collection as well. So um, yes, uh, the situation in the 19th century was extremely difficult, and the Supreme Court came down on the wrong side there, uh, establishing so-called separate but equal because uh, it, it opened the door to incredible abuses, which were uh, terrible until the mid-20th uh, century. And so I lived through the, uh, the civil rights movement and saw the, the, uh, the Pettit Bridge march and, uh, and the attack by the police and the beatings and, and all of that and the murders. Uh, also, of the young people who went down there to uh, uh, to resist to oh. resist separate but equal, they they got themselves killed, and uh, and the perpetrators are still around. Unfortunately, I uh, I, I should say the descendants of these uh, perpetrators. I think maybe the perpetrators themselves may still be alive and still unrepentant, and so are their children. And uh, they were among the people who attacked the Capitol on uh, January 6th. Wow. Um, and carried the Confederate flag through the Capitol building. Can, can you imagine? I mean, it's, uh, you know, things that were relevant over 100 years ago, uh, you know, are creeping in to relevance today. and Or, or maybe, right. for that matter, they've never left. Uh, but we're just, uh, you know, when when George Will starts bringing this up, he's, uh, you know, he's bringing up a wonderful point. And again, you, you and I, as people that are that are applauding President Biden and what he's trying to do and and what he's trying to get done, you know, we you, you know we understand he's not perfect either, and that you know that these things have to be pointed out. 
um, you know, before, again, it, I, it's not good for the country to, uh, to treat any member um, uh, that much differently. And, and it's going to cause, it's going to ultimately cause um, friction between you yeah. know, uh, you know white people and black people and and we should be moving towards a place where uh, where we're closer to our DNA which it, like you said is, is just about identical uh, our DNA and um, and you know people uh, people never would have believed that at one time um, and especially anybody that's uh, that's got a tendency to be bigoted they would never believe that the t- that the DNA could be that close but you're absolutely right the only difference in our dna is skin color pigment yes uh, and and interestingly enough there's not that much difference between us and the great apes when it comes to dna right that's <laughs> uh, true you know uh, how much yeah i mean i it's uh, you know if if you think about it uh how much uh has changed since the uh I, I guess the advent of of DNA research and and everything else. I mean, you would think that that prejudice um, would go down with the science. Oh, <laughs> it just doesn't. On the contrary, I think it's gotten much much harder yeah. uh, now to talk to people who believe that uh, the white race, uh, whatever that means, yeah. uh, is supreme over all others. Um, <laughs> And the DNA is probably mixed. Uh, a good number of those people have Neanderthal uh, DNA in them. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, yeah. I just, I, I don't know. It's, uh, you know, we're in a, we're in a, a pivot point moment of, yeah. of yeah, we uh, are. history, and you know, these kind of discussions I think are valuable. Uh, but again, the the initial question you asked is, uh, um, you know, George Will or Abbott? Uh, you know, I could almost not even, uh, and this is bias on my standpoint, but from my from my point. But you could almost uh, ask me that, and, and nine times out of ten, I could I could not even read the information or hear the information and say I'm with George Will over Abbott, and I'll be right. <laughs> I'll be almost oh, always right. I I just don't, I don't have a lot of faith in in your governor. No offense to you or to Texas or people who who love Greg Abbott, but I, I know where he's going. Politically, he's just giving mm-hmm. red meat yeah. to the, you know, to, to the right wing and to the Trumpers and, and everything yeah, else. Yeah, definitely the Trump, the Trump faction, yeah. Right. Yeah. He is not, he's not looking to, you know, he's not looking to make things more um, livable or, or what. I'm not saying he's purposely trying to hurt anything, but his, his motivation is, is election and re-election yeah. and, and for, you know, maybe promotion as far as uh, promoting himself to be the president. So you always you always follow, you know, they say follow the money or, or something along those lines. Well, follow the votes here. You know, there people, politicians yeah. do do things to help themselves politically. And, and maybe you make the argument, you know, why would President Biden give uh, give extra attention to black ownership over over white uh, business ownership, you know it's it, it might be in his political playbook to mm-hmm. uh, you know to um, you know keep the left on his side. And when you talk about the left, uh, yeah. you know, a big yeah, part of that is, is African American, right? Absolutely, yeah. 
Yeah, that's that's true. Uh, I think that uh, uh, Biden must be very conscious of the fact that he has black voters on his side and he needs to make sure they stay there. Uh, and that would uh, cause decisions that he might not otherwise make. Um, so uh, we have to watch out for that, and so does he. <laughs> Yeah. Uh, so I think we've got a, a moral, a moral uh, dilemma uh, here <clears throat> that George Will has pointed out, uh, which we need to, to keep in mind as things go forward in this country. Uh, actually, as a professor, uh, the, uh, the laws that uh, since the uh, civil rights movement, the laws uh, that uh, a university could not ask a race, ask about race, but only uh, hire people and admit students on merit. Um, it caused all kinds of uh, dilemmas for the administrations of the various universities. And I could see it in the classrooms because black students appeared in my classrooms who were, and this is a problem that uh, uh, with the merit, these students were unprepared to take courses in, say, uh, French, even right. elementary French, because they had no idea of grammar at all. They had no background whatsoever in English grammar, so they did not know the terms. Uh, they didn't know what a noun or a verb or an adjective or an adverb was. Uh, so how could they learn a language uh, program? How could they enter a language program that was uh, predicated on a knowledge of a code? I think uh, gr gram grammatical terms are a sort of code, and you needed to be familiar with the code before you could even begin. And so I had to uh, bend over backwards and do all kinds of uh, backward flips in order to teach those students and treat them as needy and inferior because they were unprepared. Uh, and so uh, this, this kind of dilemma has been around since the civil rights movement, actually. It's just gotten a little more obvious uh, right now. And of course, being pointed out by George Will. So there we are. Yeah, it's you know who's uh, who do you think is his equivalent, George Will's equivalent on the left, and someone who would uh, would agree with him maybe on this. And uh, I think E.J. Dion probably. Ah, there we go. That's interesting. Dion, uh, who's uh, also a brilliant guy. I mean, Will and and uh, Dion. Yeah, both. he's also brilliant and also very balanced. So I think he might agree with this. Yeah, yeah, very, uh, very interesting. We need more of this kind of discussion, and, and not revved up by emotions. You know, not that's right. You know, not brought together. Do you know? Um, I'm trying to think, and I. I I'm always careful to bring up to Tocqueville, what was it, uh, uh, Alexis, uh, Alexa, uh, or Alexander uh, de Tocqueville. I think uh, Napoleon had sent him over uh, to do research. Maybe Napoleon II or Napoleon III or what, uh, sent him over to investigate this new experiment, the, um, uh, the 
the American experiment and to see what mm, would, right. would go on. And de Tocqueville went back and he said the the big, uh, you know, and again, I don't know the book. I never read the book, but uh, he, he wrote a book. And the point he made was that it, it, it's fascinating. It's interesting. But the the issue of two races, um, you know, uh, at the time they would say Negro and, and Caucasian, um, the two races uh, interacting together, he said it's never been done in history. And it's ne- that's, uh, you know, I think he made the, ar- de Tocqueville made the argument that that's going to be the big, um, you know, I- tipping point, whether... Uh, whether mm-hmm. they can get through it or not, and it's actually interesting, and I, I, I hate to bring it up without really knowing more about it, but it, it, you know, this is something that was talked about, you know, uh, hundreds of years ago, and you know, at this point, two hundred yeah. years ago, it was talked about. How will, how will that be dealt with in the future? And we're still dealing with it. Obviously, I think we've yes, done better. We've made very little progress. That's right. Yeah. At least, at least uh, we've done away with uh, slavery. Right. Uh, but we have not done away with the problem of uh, integrating the two races, and uh, that is our main problem, really. Uh, De Tocqueville was quite right there. Yeah. I, I do. I, do I have his first name right? Is it uh, Alexander or something? Uh, do you do you remember De Tocqueville? You remember anything about uh, De Tocqueville? Uh, I am pretty ignorant in the, yeah. uh, I have not read De Tocqueville either <laughs> and uh, beyond what you're you're saying I I know that he made fun of the ignorance and the of the greenhorns in the, in the United States and wondered how uh, such an ignorant populace could maintain a democracy I know that yeah. uh, but beyond that uh, I know very little because I I too have not read his book but I'm ashamed to say <laughs> because French French and uh, French uh, uh, politics and history uh, as well as the language and literature are my specialty so uh, so it's a uh, uh, it's a black mark on my record. <laughs> Yeah, well, you know, it, it's you can't read everyone, and you can't read everything, but um, you know, it's it may, maybe it's something I I would take another peek at uh, before I read. Right. Uh, yeah. th- the great. My dissenter. husband would have been able to give you an hour's lecture on De Tocqueville, <laughs> uh, and that wasn't even his specialty, but he he knew all about everything practically. Yeah. Uh, but, uh, but I am not uh, as erudite as he was. So I have to confess, ignorance. Well, I, I know we're still waiting on this infrastructure bill, right? And we're still uh, holding That's a pattern. That's true. And, uh, we are waiting for that. Do you have any predictions on, on uh, what could result from this? Uh, well, I think it will pass, um, but uh, there are many hurdles ahead of it. So uh, it's, it's a waiting period. Will... Uh, Will Schumer and company prevail in the Senate? I think maybe. Um, if uh, McConnell goes along, uh, he apparently uh, wants that bridge, uh, so he's going along. Yeah. Uh, so as long as McConnell will go along, uh, it will get through, and then it goes back to, I think, it goes back to the House at that point. Yeah. 
and the House is going to couple it with the uh, the reconciliation bill, and then send all that back to the Senate, and we'll see how it goes there. Yeah, I mean the uh, they could use a, a, a Henry Clay right now. I don't know much about Henry Clay, yeah. but the Great Compromiser. <laughs> they could. Uh, yeah. We could use somebody like that to come in and try to try to get McConnell to be uh, reasonable and and Schumer to try to um, uh, you know to to work it in, but uh, it's I think it passes I think it passes uh, with some concession and you know it's the way politics goes and we'll see what the concession is you you never know until until it's done and then even then. Right. You don't know, and you know. Years later, <laughs> yeah. you'll be arguing, "Oh, this is why this happened, or this is why this happened." But <laughs> that's right. Yeah, we're still talking about the uh, civil rights movement, for instance, right now. Yep. So there you go. Oh. <laughs> well, uh, look, uh, the idea of uh, of e- equity over equality is uh, is a great concept. I don't know that we're going yeah. to be. I, I don't know that we'll be talking about that, say, 50 years from now, because I think, and, and again, this was uh, this was controversial in in Lincoln's time, where uh, you know people uh, argued that Lincoln, I, I forget the the term, what uh, misogynation, I, I forget what it is, but uh, misogynation, what's uh, the mixing of the races, right, the combining of yes, the, yes. whatever mm-hmm. the word was. But uh, they they had this, and they said that Nick uh, that Lincoln was uh, was in favor of that, which was just really to bloody him up and try to try to get the uh, the real bigotry um, revved up. Yes. Him. Well, the the interest, the amusing thing of that is that the slave owners, the male slave owners, were perfectly willing to mix the races. <laughs> uh, right. And the. Uh, this Harlan family is, uh, is a, a case in point. Right. Uh, the, the father, their mutual father, was perfectly happy uh, begetting a child on uh, on a slave woman, yep. uh, and thought nothing of it. Mixing the races right there, yep. and there are many, many, many people uh, in the South who are descended. Um, uh, they are mixed blood descendants of slaves and slave owners. There's no question about it. And uh, some of them even were in the Senate. Yep. I don't know whether they still are, but they certainly were in the Senate uh, in in my youth and during uh, during the uh, uh, civil rights uh, movement. Because you could see it in their faces that they they had uh, some after. African features left over there, yeah. but they would never acknowledge it, and uh, nobody else ever pointed it out. You know, people. Oh so, t- yes, I mean the mixing of the races has taken place, continues to take place, but is certainly not in, not officially recognized. Yeah, well, listen, fine with me. I don't mind. You know, my uh, my children, whoever they love, they love, and uh, that goes for. Yeah. Uh, yeah, for anything, right. you don't can't choose who you love and and who you fall in love with, and um, you know I'm fine with, I, I'm fine with mixing the races at this point. I'm sure, I'm sure most people uh, would uh, would would be fine with that. It's never never been a problem for me. By the way, um, Jeffersons, and, that, and that, I mean this would be a whole other yeah, show, but yeah, the, right. the the Jefferson um, uh, family reunions. 
that that are tied to you know somehow tied to Thomas Jefferson. They say there's uh, you know redheaded African American people uh, mixed in there that have blood you know uh, you know blood from um, from Jefferson. Now I don't know if that was just a mm-hmm. If that was a myth, or I, I'm I'm pretty sure, I'm pretty sure it's accurate. He had, you know, Sally Hemings and and uh, yes, yeah. exactly, yeah, yeah. So and the, I mean that that seemed to be almost routine that the slave owner, the the male slave owner, uh, would take a paramour. <laughs> Uh, when his uh, wife had a uh, migraine or something, yeah. <laughs> <Wow>. <laughs> would go down and uh, p- pick one of the uh, beautiful uh, female uh, slaves and uh, have a go and have a child there. Yeah. And some of them took responsibility, like Mr. Harlan, and others didn't. Wow. What a uh, what a history we have, and uh, hopefully it'll it'll be told uh, accurately. As we move forward, but uh, yeah, I hope so. Eventually, yes. I, I I am seeing light at the end of the tunnel. I'm not naive, by any means. I'm not saying that that we're where we're supposed to be on race. Uh, we're not, and uh, certainly the you know you could just look at 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 jails, and you could see look at um, uh, you know areas of, of of deep poverty and high crime. And uh, and to me, I mean, uh, we're not doing enough to to help those areas and to, uh, to help those folks. But at the same time, you can't overcompensate when it comes to business. The, the guy who owns the deli down the block, who's African-American, couldn't shouldn't have an advantage over the guy who, uh, you know, owns a deli on the next block because he's white. That's right. So uh, kudos to George Will for bringing this up and any final thoughts yeah. on on will or this or Holland, uh the great dissenter any uh, any final thoughts on this doc uh, any thoughts on that any, any final uh, thoughts yeah. any final thoughts uh well thank uh, as you said uh we thank george will for pointing this out uh, because we need to be as aware as possible of, of the advantages and disadvantages of the decisions that are being made at the federal level, uh, and and watch watchful. We need to be watchful as voters. Uh, and I'm uh, hoping and praying that our uh, capacity to vote, our access to the polls, will not be curtailed. That is a major issue, too, that needs discussion and certainly awareness. So those are my final words. Keep your eyes open, people. Yes, absolutely. (laughs) And please binge listen to everything that we've been doing here. And uh, and if you go to uh, FlorenceWeinberg.com, is that correct? Is it? Yes, that's right. Mm FlorenceWeinberg.com. Go and buy the books. And, uh, you know, look, I, I know... I know they're they're scholarly books, but buy the scholarly books, <laughs> buy the intelligent books. Same people that uh, that buy George Will's books should be buying Dr. Uh, Florence Weinberg's books, and uh, and and go and watch the documentary. And we appreciate everyone listening in each and every week. Uh, Frank McKay signing off. You've been listening to the Florence Weinberg Show, and we'll see you next time on the Florence Weinberg Show.